Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to my channel and podcast, Stephanie's Blessed Life. It is time for another episode of the Lord's Day's reading. Today, we'll be talking about faith that moves mountains. So, we'll be focusing on two characters Caleb, son of Jephone, and Joshua, the son of Nun. In the passage of Numbers, chapter 13 and 14, we all read that the Lord commanded Moses to send 12 people into the promised land to search. So the 12 of them are the heads of the family, like there are 12 tribes of Israel. So one out of each tribe, especially the head of the tribe, will be selected to go into the promised land to check it out. And so the twelve spent 40 days in the promised land and they even picked the fruits to show their fellow brothers and sisters that it is indeed a good land. However, 10 out of the twelve chose to believe that it is impossible for them to claim the land as the inhabitants thereof are formidable. You know, the cities are impregnable with the walls, high walls. And for those of you who are familiar with old school war shows and novels, y'all will remember that it is impossible, nearly impossible to, uh, you know, to lay siege to a city that is impregnable or even to a fortress as the walls are high so when you have ladders to climb the guards standing at the ramparts or keeping watch over the city walls will be hurling down spears and shooting arrows at, at, the, at the ones who are planning to conquer the city so it is pretty impossible but the other, there are the other two they see it differently. Yes, they do not deny that the cities are impregnable and the inhabitants of the place, especially the Anakims, the descendants of Anak, were formidable. You know, and they are great in stature, they are tall, they're muscular. But for Caleb and Joshua, they say that if the Lord delight in us, he will deliver us the land. You know? Whereas the other ten, they believe that they are like grasshoppers in their own eyes. So, you see, what we see of ourselves is extremely important. If you see yourself as a minor compared to those around you or those that come before you, then fear will easily grip your heart. But if you see that whatever is in front of you is no greater than the God that we serve, well, surely, even the giants have to back out of your way. We all remember the story of David, you know, how he overcame Goliath. And this was generations before David was born. We have Caleb and Joshua, who believed that they could overcome the giants. You know, despite the other tens saying that 
in verse 33 of Numbers 13, we see, And there we saw the giants, the sons of... Hold on, hold on a minute. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. You see, before they even attempt to do anything, despite them seeing the land for themselves, you know, good land, formidable cities, with fruits that they did not plant, wells they did not dig, still, they choose to see the giants. They choose to see the might of the people instead of trusting and believing that God has promised Abraham, Isaac and Jacob this land will be their inheritance forever. You know, when God promises something, He will do it. He may not do it in your lifetime, but once He made a promise to you and your descendants, it will come to pass. So God made a promise to Abraham when Abraham was still living in that land as a foreigner. He made the same promise to Isaac and Jacob who also lived in that land as foreigners. And now the children of Israel are a nation. They are no longer just refugees, remnants of refugees or just random groups of people scattering all across the earth but they are actually a nation gathered together in the presence of God and God wants to fulfill his promise to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob you know alright let's move on to chapter 14 okay we let's start reading from verse Verse 6, right? And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Whoa! Here we have Caleb and Joshua. They have seen the inhabitants of the promised land with their own eyes during the 40 days that they were searching the land. And they literally said, these people are bread for us. You know, bread is our daily essential, right? For those of you who like myself, who eat bread most of the time, you know, for Asians, especially if you're in the Chinese community, Chinese or any other Southeast Asian community? Well, I do believe majority of the Asian communities eat rice, right? Yeah, so we eat rice on a daily basis. But in most cultures all around the world, we have bread. So bread is basically like the grace for each day. Imagine 
viewing the giants ahead of you as simple as bread that you consume on a daily basis. Right? It's just so awesome, don't you think? Okay, continuing from verse 9. You know, just now when we say their bread for us is verse 9. Second half verse 9 reads, Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. You know, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, ever since God promised Moses and the children of Israel that he will lead them out of Egypt, ever since the day of their departure, God has gone on before them in the pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud to keep them protected from the heat of the desert, and a pillar of fire to protect them from the cold in the night in the desert. So if God had been protecting them and watching over them all this time, what makes anybody think that He will not go up into the promised land with them and drive out the inhabitants of the land, the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Amalekites, out of their sight? Even the children of Anak, the giants. Yes. So as a result, you know, as the saying still continues until this day, majority wins. Ten against two. The other ten have a bad report about that land. Even though they have seen the fruit with their own eyes. The good fruit. The grapes, the figs, the pomegranates. They're nice things. You know, good food. Whereas the other two that believe that God will go up with them to conquer that land and make the land theirs forever, they saw the fruit, they saw the giants, but still their faith in God remained. They kept the faith and wholly followed God's ways. I can only imagine how Caleb and Joshua must have felt when the Lord finally said that the other ten who have caused fear to be amongst His people, along with all of them who gave in to such fear and have been grumbling against God all this time, they will fall in the wilderness. But whereas Caleb, Joshua, and the children of those who kept murmuring and complaining, they will enter the promised land. And Caleb and Joshua were possibly in their 40s at that time. Yes, Caleb was 40. He had to wander in the desert along with the naysayers for 40 more years before he could enter the promised land, the land that he wholly believed would be his. Because as we see in the book of Joshua, 40 over years later, after the death of Moses, um, Joshua took over, as we remember. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Nearly knocked over my thermal flask. 
some may say this is a typical blind problem <laughs> you know I'm trying to change another volume of the Bible because for those of us who are blind instead of having just one Bible with all the 66 books we have several volumes continue containing all the 66 so the book of Numbers was in one book and the book of Joshua is in another alright so let's look at Caleb's response 40 over the years later my favorite part of scripture okay it's in Joshua chapter 14 okay Joshua chapter 14 we start reading from verse 6 Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Canaanite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land sorry to spy out the land and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart nevertheless my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt but I wholly followed the Lord my God and Moses swore on that day saying surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever because thou hast sorry <laughs> thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God okay continuing and now behold the Lord hath kept me alive as he said these forty and five years even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord, if so be the Lord will be with me then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. So that was Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 to... Hold on a second. Um, verses 6 to... 12. 
right? Verses 6 to 12. So we see Caleb being 85 years old and still as strong and alive as he was 45 years ago when he was sent by Moses under the command of the Lord to, to search the land. You know, many of us will think of people 85 or in most cases in my country, 60 and above. Many will be thinking of retiring and then enjoying the golden years. You know, either in my country is playing mahjong or going for walks in the park or going for vacations with friends. However, Caleb at the age of 85, he still believed that God could use him as a warrior. As a warrior, y'all. Because he believed himself to be as strong as he was 40 over years ago. And so let us read uh, verse 13. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephone Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephone the Kenizzite unto this day because that he wholly followed, followed the God of Israel for the name of Hebron before us I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah for the name of Hebron before was Kiriath, Kiriath Arba which Arba was a great man among the Anakims and the land had rest from war. Wow, so that was verses 13 to 15. We see Hebron was a, was a hill country, right? So it's a family of mountains, the family of Anak and his descendants who lived amongst those mountains of Hebron. And as we are familiar with Hebron, it was a place where Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebekah, Jacob, and Leah were buried. It was the ground that Abraham had bought. So, it seems that the children of Israel have come full circle pretty much. Starting from the time when Jacob and his sons went to Egypt, and now they came back to Hebron, where the ancestors were buried. And Caleb believed, even through the ups and downs, you know, through living amongst people who are critical and negative, through majority of the people who have decided to choose to look at the giants rather than look at God, who is much greater than any giants that is ahead. And don't we all have such instances? Imagine you 
are hoping for something and you believe that you have it. You believe that God is on your side, you've prayed about it, and God has put it in your heart to go after it. But then there are people around you. They may have come with you to see what is it that you want to do. But once they see the difficulty ahead of you, they will say, No, it's just too hard. It's not possible. You are not being realistic. And you'll be like, Hey, if God has put it in my heart to do it, surely He will show me the way to get it done. I'm saying this because I have been there way too many times that I can ever count. It seems that until this day, even though I'm now a grown woman in my mid-twenties, whenever I'm trying to do something, friends, family, whoever it may be, you know, once they know what I'm trying to do, once they know my plans, one out of ten of them will have something to say, like, are you sure about this? It's not realistic. How do you think it's going to work? Look at the time we are now in. With the pandemic and all. Or when there was no pandemic. How do you think you can put food on the table by doing what you do? You've got to get that certificate. You've got to go for this course. You've got to go for that course. Honestly, we all tend to deal with people who think they know what is best for us. And I suppose it is natural. I do not for a moment doubt that they care. Yes, there are some that really do care and there are others that, that are just criticizing for the sake of criticizing. But still, we have to do what we need to do. Number one, we are doing this for God because He has put that dream in our hearts. And number two, we are here not to do man's will but his we may think we're doing it for ourselves no no not none of none of this is all about us nothing that we do is about us i'm sorry but this is the truth i know there are those of you who may think I start this YouTube channel and podcast, it's all about me, all about my branding, all about me marketing myself as a musician and as a content creator, but no. Yes, I am passionate about doing this, don't get me wrong, but my goal is not to get me subscribers or get me followers. Yes, having all of that is cool, you know, if y'all want to subscribe or follow me, I'm very happy, but I thank God for all of that. It is his idea. He put it in my heart to do it. I never thought I was capable of sitting here to preach a sermon. For oftentimes than not, I feel as though that my message is all over the place. I feel as though I barely preach. I feel as though that I'm rambling. But again, what we see of ourselves doesn't matter. What matters is what God sees. Do you see yourself as a grasshopper? Do you see yourself as unable to take down the giants, to move the mountains and to be thrust into your God-given purpose and your destiny? I see myself as a vessel 
that God can and will use to fulfill the purpose that He has put in me to fulfill. I have never been to Bible school and there are still many things that I'm learning. I barely have anyone that I can learn from for the time being how to preach, how to do this or that. But by the grace of God, I'm happy to keep moving, keep pressing on. Even though many people have thought me crazy for doing this. You know? But I will still do it regardless because if God has been with me all this time, I'm sure He will thrust me toward higher heights. And He will do the same for all of you who are willing to believe in Him, who are willing to follow Him wholeheartedly. And when I say wholeheartedly, I'm not saying that you know, you cannot do anything. All you need to do is study God's word all the time. Yes, we all have to study God's word. Yes, we all have to do what we need to do. But at the same time, keep your focus on God. Keep your focus on Jesus. Whatever is it that you have in your heart and in your mind to do, leave it into His hands. Pray that He will show you the way. Because us as frail human beings there's only so much that we can do but with him his grace and his unmerited favor will really bring us to move mountains i know that times can be hard there are times that the giants just seem so formidable there are times that the fortress that you're trying to take even though it in this point of time is more figurative figurative fortress like for instance the business deal the dream that you are working hard to pursue they all seem impregnable everything just seem impossible but you know what we serve a God that is still on the throne that is still in control even during such a time as this and he is more than capable and more than willing to help you I encourage all of you today to put all your trust, all your dreams, all your hopes, all your desires into His hands. And this coming week, may God bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and lift up His countenance towards you and be gracious to you. May He grant you unmerited favor wherever you go, peace when you go out, and when you come back home and may you be the light and the salt for this dark and fallen world there are others out there who are longing to hear the truth of the unadulterated gospel of grace make a difference in their lives by reviewing our beautiful Savior to them the Savior that has given us the victory that we do not deserve and we cannot earn. But still, He gave Himself up just to give us the victory. So when we go out there to move mountains or claim fortresses or cities, we are doing it 
from victory and not for victory. I pray and hope that this has blessed you. And if you like what you see or hear, please subscribe, share, give a thumbs up. And until next time, God bless.